Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson from Unpacking It Ministries. You can check out more at unpackingit.com. Make sure to sign up for our weekday email devotional where we take a, a thought about sports related to the Bible and, and try to do it in, in right around two minutes each weekday. So check that out, unpackingit.com. You can follow me on Twitter, Bryce Radio, and you can always email me, Bryce, at unpackingit.com. Today's podcast is with David Pollock from ESPN, and College Game Day is one of the best shows on TV, and and it's just a a tremendous way to start a a Saturday in the fall before college football kicks off at noon, and and so he's been on there for a few years now, and and really has become you know one of the the top analysts. But his story uh, about how he ended up at ESPN is is pretty uh, remarkable and and his attitude energy excitement is contagious and I think you'll hear it come through in this interview today because what he went through in his second year in the NFL after being a, a top draft pick by the Bengals he broke his neck and he'll tell us in this interview why that was so important and why it was actually a good thing in his life it's it's crazy to hear, but once you hear him explain it, you'll 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 understand who he is, what he's about, and and why he's so passionate. And so, let's get right to it. Here's David Pollock. Our guest today is a top college football analyst for ESPN, and you can see him on College Game Day during the fall. He played his college football at the University of Georgia, where he won the SEC Player of the Year award and was also recognized as the top defensive player in the nation. He was drafted in the first round of the 2005 NFL Draft by the Cincinnati Bengals, and in 2008, he retired due to a major neck injury. He is a husband and a father of two and does some great work with the Pollock Family Foundation. I'm thrilled to be joined by David Pollock to talk faith, football, and life. David, thanks so much for joining us. How are you? I'm doing great, brother. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Well, we're, we're psyched to have you, and, and it's, it's kind of the end of May, but, but what are the plans for the summer, and, and what is life like before the football season begins in just 100 days? Life is great, brother. Life is great. During football season, I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off, going from town to town and soaking up football all the time, 24-7. And I miss out on some family time that I really miss. And the great thing about my job is come January 14th or whatever it is when the title game happens, boom, I'm done. He no work here no more. He's gone. (laughs) And uh, I get to go home and I get to be dad. And this is definitely by far my favorite time of year. I get to pick the kids up from school every day and we just – kick it 24-7 with the bride, and uh, so it's just it's always a lot of fun. It's good to be busy, it's good to have football, and it's good to have family time 24-7. It's, it's my favorite time of the year. Oh, that's great to hear, and, and I keep up with you on, on Twitter, at DavidPollock47, and, and I saw that you, you had enough time to, to watch the show Impractical Jokers, which is one of my favorites, so, so you and your wife apparently were arguing if you could pull off the, the, the pranks that they do. Tell me about what that conversation was like. Well, we sit there and watch it. We don't watch any TV ever. And our TV started recording practical jokes for some odd reason. And <laughs> so we clicked on it. And honestly, we clicked on it and we were like, all right, we'll give it a try. And we started watching them. And they were daggum funny. I mean, they were funny, <laughs> hilarious. And uh, I'm, I'm a jokester, too. And I like to be, 
you know, witty and go back and forth. And I think it's, I think it's awesome. I think it's really funny, but I was, she's last night. She's like, you would not say that to somebody. And I was like, <laughs> why not? And she said, cause you couldn't, you'd be afraid of what they, I was like, no, I'm not. This is part of winning. Uh, like uh, one of them a couple weeks ago was uh, Sal, I think had to look at one of the ladies and go, Oh, what do you do? And I mean, he literally, he went, Nope, no, not a chance. He took the thumbs down, you know, right away. And I was like, she was like, you wouldn't say that. I'm like, why not? What a, I was like, because they're going to know we're joking. They're going to know we're joking in the end, so it's not that big of a deal. But I think it would be hilarious to go on the show. I think the show is a lot of fun. It's literally the only show we watch on TV, so it's a lot of fun. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, it's it's kind of a, an underrated show, but those who who find it enjoy it for sure. Well, well, you mentioned your your wife Lindsay. How, how long have the two of you been married? We have been. We just had our anniversary, our twelve year anniversary. Nice. So, Very. Yeah, we've been together a lot. Wow. Oh, that's awesome. Well. <laughs> She'd say she's been putting up with me for a long time. Uh, we dated. She's the only girlfriend I've ever had. Oh. We dated in high school, all through college, and then we got married when she was 19. So it was, uh, it was literally we we were perfect for each other. The yin and the yang, and very conservative, quiet. I'm outgoing, obnoxious. So it really is. She's organized. <laughs> I'm hyper unorganized. We really do check all the polar opposite boxes known to man. Uh, I'm right there with you. I, I, can, I can relate to that. Well, a, a lot of people, of course, will get married in the summer. What, what is maybe your advice to newlyweds? To newlyweds? Yeah. Wow. Advice to newlyweds. I think, I, I think one thing that I, that I didn't realize coming into a marriage was, you know, you do, those, you do the counseling, yeah. and you talk with the, the pastors, and you talk with all these people, and they give you all the advice about your marriage when you're young and when it's early. And that's great. And that's fine. That's dandy. I think it's pretty easy when it's early because it's new, it's exciting. It's fresh. I think once you get going, I think it's important to do that five love languages every three or four years, because one thing, one thing that I've learned in my marriage is my wife's love language has changed throughout time. Mm. So if I'm continuing to check a box of, you know, words of affirmation, and that's not what's important to her anymore. And now it's acts of service. Well, I need to, I need to realize that I need to understand that. So me and my wife have gone through that every so often and went through it a couple of years ago and realized that hers had kind of shifted dramatically. And it really helped me to understand that and know that, that, you know, we're all going to be changing as we get older and as we mature. And so I think it's one of these advices, you know, what you are right now, you'll continue to evolve and develop. And another thing too, mm. newlyweds, when you're finding friends to hang out with, mm. it's, it's Find the right friends. That's good. Not friends that you party with. Not friends that it's cool to go hang out with and go drink. Because I'll tell you one thing. Your list of friends should be very small when it comes to having kids. Because mm. you want your kids around good kids. You want your kids around. I want my kids around people that are in church consistently. Mm. I want my kids around uh, kids that are saying the right things, doing the right things. It's something that's very important to me. It's something that's not negotiable. Wow. It's not something that, because I remember as a, 11-year-old and a 12-year-old, and I remember staying at kids' houses that my parents didn't know that well, and I remember understanding what a, what a magazine was that I'm not supposed to be looking at. I remember discovering what alcohol was. You know, I remember discovering all this stuff, so my rules are, are very short, and just like my kids, they're not spending a night at people's houses that have alcohol in their houses. Mm. They're not. I don't, I don't care if you're my best friend. You, you know exactly where you stand, and my kids have spent the night out at uh, two people's houses, so I just think... You know, be very careful and observant about what you let your kids around because in the end, that's what whoever they spend the most time with is who they're going to become the most like. Man.
That No, that's awesome advice. Love it. David Pollock here on Unpacking It, college football analyst for ESPN, father of two and, and a husband as well. And, and, and David, you, you've got just a, a powerful story and, and just kind of where you've ended up and, and based on some of what you've been through is, is, is very uh, just encouraging to hear and, and all that. But, but I want you to maybe share a little bit of that story today uh, as far as just the, the, the pain, the perseverance, the, the faith, and, and just how your path changed over the years after breaking your, your cervical vertebrae in your neck during your second season in the NFL. And, and, and I guess what I've heard you say is, I'm glad I broke my neck. And I, I guess the first question is, why do you say that? And do you still feel that way? One million percent. Wow. Um, it's, it's the best thing that ever happened to me in my life. And ever since I was six years old, I told my parents, I said, I will play in the NFL. That's my goal. That's my dream. That's what I was meant to do. That's what I'm going to do. Um, I played like a madman. I trained like a madman. I thought my mentality and my aggressiveness and my build, I thought everything in me was made to play football. Mm. And it was. I mean, I was just perfectly made for that. And, you know, that's what I did all growing up, six, seven, eight years old, all the way up to high school. You know, got a college scholarship at the University of Georgia. Went to Georgia, got all those accolades. I was a first-round pick. Of the Cincinnati Bengals in 2005, and life was exactly what I expected it to be. And then, you know, September 17, 2006, and I hit Ruben Drones, and he hit me harder. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I broke my neck, and I'll never forget, we literally went underneath the stadium, and I was paralyzed from the waist up, and oh. they said, uh, they said, you got a, you got a you know, fractured C6. And I'm like, cool, dude, that's no problem. You know, what, a couple of weeks, and I'll be back. Oh. They said, no, that means you broke your neck. And I was like, oh, I was like, can we stick to the fractured C6? That sounds a lot better than broken neck. Oof. And within a second, you know, everything that I had worked for, everything that I thought, again, I was made to do, um, it was gone. Mm. And, you know, I, I didn't say why me. I, that's a waste of time. Mm. I mean, that, that literally never entered my thought process. I, I thought, you know, listen, God took me this far. I had no clue what he had for me next, but I knew it was going to be awesome. If wow. he had brought this to me, I knew it was going to be awesome. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. I've never done that. Up until that point in my life, I didn't know what still was. I mean, still for me was running a mile and a half if I had an extra nine minutes. <laughs> you know, I literally trained all the time, worked all the time, golf, whatever, to stay busy all the time. And, you know, God slowed me down and said, slow down, buddy. Slow down and listen. Slow down and be still. Slow down and see what the world has for you. I looked around and I started to see who was in my life for the right reasons. I started to see who was in my corner. I started to see how people talk to you when you didn't hold some kind of title. Mm. And it was, uh, it was amazing. It really was. Um, I had more time to read my Bible and more time to pray and more time to study. And I learned uh, it's, it's the most productive season of my life that I've ever had. And wow. so it was fun. And, and I, I trained and I thought I had a chance to, to get back to you know, playing football possibly one day, and I met with doctors, and then they told me, you know, listen, you're at more risk to get hurt than anybody else. Mm. And I said along the whole process, if I'm at more risk than anybody else, I'm peacing out. Mm. And so I decided not to play anymore. And, you know, while I was in my halo, I'm sitting there. First of all, I didn't graduate from the University of Georgia. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a degree. And my goal was to uh, – I didn't know what my next step was. So I'm watching Mike and Mike in the morning, and – I'm loud. I'm obnoxious. I'm opinionated. Y'all can tell already. Trust me. <laughs> and um, so I was like, 
I called my agent. And I was like, I, you know, I want to do what, what these people are doing on TV. This, this Mike and Mike guy. And guys. <laughs> and then I saw Kirk Herbstreet and those guys. And I was like, and I want to be on college game day. You know, I want to do that too. Wow. And so they called, uh, they called a radio station in Atlanta. I flew in from Atlanta and they had me do a uh, one hour sit in with an afternoon drive show. I flew in from Cincinnati. I was still in Ohio. And mm. me and my wife had just had Nicholas, our first son. He's eight years old now. And I met with 790 The Zone in Atlanta. They hired me the next week. We moved down from Atlanta. I started doing an afternoon drive show from four to seven for uh, for two years. And I did local Fox and then went to uh, local ES- ESPNU in Charlotte. And I was getting paid out the wazoo, a whopping $12,000 a year <laughs> from ESPNU, rolling in the dough. Yep. Uh, and, and during that time, literally, I was like, okay, you went from NFL checks every week to this. You're a freshman in college. Put your head down. Work as hard as you can. God controls the end. That's what I've found the people that have the most peace in life mm. are the people that put their head down, work, and know God has a plan. Mm. And his plan is better than mine. Yeah. His plan is his plan is always better than mine. So I just put my head down, went to work, and next thing you know, you look up, and I'm on ESPN, and I'm doing that dumb college game day. Oh. That's what I said I wanted to do, and um, – you know, didn't look back, and, and now started to obviously had another baby girl, and life gets bit better and better. The older they get, the more they get to kick it with dad and come on the road with me. And I just, you just, you don't know what God has in store for you. You know, you don't, you can't, you can't put limits on it, and, and you can't doubt it. You can't have fear. You just put your head down, and you know He's got a plan. And then you, you look up, and you just go, man, he, he did. He had me the whole time, and I'm just gonna keep working for him. Man, what a story. David Pollock sharing it with us here on Unpacking It, ESPN college football analyst. And, and, and David, just as I hear it, and I'm sure people listening hear this as well, that, that just in that moment, even when you, when you face this injury, it sounds like during that season you, you were already at such peace. So, so where did that come from? How, how were you able to, to really get to that place of seeing the bigger picture? Because all too often we hear a similar story of a guy's career ending or a major injury, not responding that same way. Well, first of all, if you haven't read the book of Job, read Job. And if you want to start complaining about yourself then you can go ahead and look at Job and That's see right. if you've got something to complain about. That's good. Um, you know, one, one thing I realized too, is no matter what you're going through, somebody's got a heck of a lot worse. Mm. You know, somebody lost their baby today. Somebody uh, went through, a, got fired today. Somebody's, somebody's had a lot of instances and a lot of circumstances that, that have made their day hard. Mm. And, you know, this, this wasn't, it wasn't going to be anything that defined me. It wasn't going to be anything that, that ended me. This was every single thing that happens. There's always, there's always a message. There's always a good, everything that, everything that bad has ever happened in my life. And if you really think about it in your life, the outcome, there was always something that I'm supposed to take away from. Mm. And when something happens to me, that's my prayer is, God, what do, what do you have for me in this circumstance to learn that, that I need to equip myself to handle this in a better way? Who can I touch? Who can I, pray, uh, who can I bless later on? Because one thing I've learned is once you start going through some of these circumstances, you have a heck of a lot more sympathy and empathy for people. And it made me a better leader. It made me a better father. It made me a better husband. Uh, all these trials, all these tribulations, but no matter what you go through, dude, someone's got it worse and we can always complain, but it ain't going to get you anywhere. So just whatever, whatever, wherever you're at, 
wherever you're going to, wherever you want to be, put your head down, strive, and then look, then look that head up a little while, a little ways down the road, and, and God will get you where you need to be. Amen. David Pollock with us here on Unpacking It. And, and so you're talking about, you know, a key dr- dramatic season of your life and, and, and helping to, to reveal who you are, but also make you who you are today. But before that, how did your, your faith develop and, and how did you really grow to the point where you would be able to handle what, what you did? Yeah, well, I grew up in a, in a household where we played sports. And baseball, basketball, football, wherever we were at, we played sports. We ran ragged. We went all over the place. Mom and Daddy, Kelly and Norm Pollock are two awesome people. But church wasn't something that we ever attended. Mm. And we never went as a family. And I, I didn't know anything about church. And, and I went to actually uh, a friend. I went to a friend and I went to a lockout. And it's the first time I really heard the message of, of God. And just whether you know, they lock in a gym and really, cause it's, cause I could play basketball and football all the night. <laughs> and that's why I went, but yeah. Uh, and then t- something happened to me my senior year of high school. I had a teacher and his name was Mark Watson. I was a little bit of an irritant, mm. a lot of an irritant, got a lot of detention, <laughs> uh, way too much energy. Didn't know how to control it. Took a lot of pride in getting underneath, uh, teacher's skin. And it was something that I enjoyed thoroughly. I couldn't get underneath Mark Watson's skin. And he had a Jesus fist on his computer monitor, and he played praise and worship music all the time when you came into his class. And honest to God, it irritated me a little bit. Hmm. And so I was like, I was like, what's wrong with this dude, man? I can't, I can't irritate him. And um, so for actually for my signing party, for when I signed with the University of Georgia, somebody gave me a Bible with my name engraved on it. Cool. Never had a Bible before, never read the Bible. Well, for outside, and this all coincided together. So for outside reading for um, English class, you had to read 200 pages of a book. Oh. Well, I chose the Bible. And the reason I chose the Bible, I was curious, but two, I wanted to find some ammunition to tick off Mark Watson, my, my physics teacher. <laughs> and because um, that's just the type of person I am. I'm an irritant. It's just by nature. I'm good at it. That's Man. my wife. That's my kid. And um, so I started to read it. I had to go to him because my English teacher didn't, didn't know the Bible. I had to go to him and he was kind of my accountability partner. So I was like, dude, hey, brah, where do I start this thing? Because <laughs> I ain't got a clue what this means. And he's like, start with the gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I was like, sweet, okay, I'll do that. And then he sort of told me the different, um, you know, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John were disciples. And they spent time with Jesus, and they wrote these books about Jesus' life. And then we started to meet. And, I mean, these words are jumping off the page at me. Man. And just immediately impacted me. I'm like, this dude did this for me. And, you know, the history books can't refute this. I mean, there's no denying this. And everybody wanted this to not be true and not to happen. And they rolled this thousand thousand pound stone, a couple thousand pound stone, and everybody wanted it to not be true. And they still couldn't stop this dude. And I was like, man. And and so uh, I actually went to church with a good buddy of mine that actually, you know, did that kind of stuff. Back then to me, I said, he did that kind of stuff. And, um, accepted Christ into my life. And ah. uh, it, it actually coincided into a perfect timing for my life because I was just signed up with the University of Georgia. Yeah. And guess who became the coach? Mark Rick. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, again, God's perfect plan. And, and I started to see it come into action. And that I got to Georgia and it got plugged into FCA and, and found out what it meant to, you know, plug into the right channels and found out that, you know, God had a playbook for me. And this was my playbook. And the more I memorized this and the more I read this, the more I realized what sin was, and the more I realized how to combat sin, and um, so it was just a, a perfect, rewarding time for me, and it, 
happened at a time in my life that it was perfect where, you know, you go to college and you have a lot of opportunity to go off the beaten path. And, you know, I had my wife who I had just started dating my senior year of high school, who was already uh, a believer. And I honestly, I think what led me to be able to accept that was her loving me mm. and, you know, her, her pouring into me and realized that I was lovable. And it kind of changed my heart a little bit, I think, to the fact where I was accepting of something like this. And so it all coincided together and me and my wife continued down that path and we were both uh, virgins until we were married. We made wow. that commitment to God. We made that commitment to each other and, um, you know, went through college and God is good. And we took off and that's kind of how the story of my faith came about, but it definitely had nothing to do with growing up in a Christian household. Now what's cool about this homie is when I was a senior in college yeah, and I went and I started training for combines, you know, I'm doing my devotionals and my studies while I'm training at IMG academies. And my mama calls me and she's crying on the phone and she's like, you know, I don't, she said, I don't get how you do this. I don't understand how you do this. I don't understand how you, you know, deal with X, Y, and Z and you don't get flustered. And I don't where, where does this come from? And mm. I was like, this comes from, this comes from God, mom. You know, this comes from having a peace that surpasses all understanding. And Amen. so she, and she, um, she accepted Christ on the phone, over the phone with me, my senior year of college. Oh, that's awesome. And so, you know, God has done amazing things throughout my life and put things in my life, in my life at the right time for a reason. So I would have growth and I would have opportunities to see certain things. And, and again, that goes back to trusting, knowing the path is laid out and it's going to come to fruition and, and I'm not going to fight it. I'm not going to have fear. I'm not going to let fear dominate my day. Mm-hmm. Bump that. I'm going to attack every day and I'm going to go, I'm going to go win the day and I'm going to destroy the day and give it everything I got. I control my attitude. I control my joy. Mm. I control my happiness. And, and I'm going to make sure that I do that for him. And, and he, he does the same back for us. He'll take care of us. He'll look after us. Amen. Wow. That, that's powerful. David Pollock with us here on unpacking it college football analyst, uh, just a, an incredible story of, of of faith and perseverance and and just energy and excitement for for God for life for family uh man it just it's coming through here on the radio today and appreciate you sharing all of that and 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 I know in addition to that passion you also have a passion for for kids and 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 with your the the, the Pollock family foundation promoting whole life health and, and with a mission towards raising awareness against childhood obesity. Uh, how has this mission maybe changed your own life, but then also the, the, the people that you've been able to reach? Well, one thing growing up, I was, uh, I was a chubby kid to put it nicely. <laughs> and I, I was the kid that swam in the pool with his shirt on. And oh, wow. I was the kid that, yeah, I was two. I graduated high school at 275. I mean, I was, a I was a large kid. I would, I, I wrestled 275 as a sophomore in high school. And, you know, because sports was my identity and, and football was my identity, I had, um, I was okay. I wasn't picked on, you know, you don't get picked on when you're, when you're good at sports and when you're, you know, quote unquote popular, but I've seen the effects and I understand what it does to a psyche. And to this day, I still wake up and I look in the mirror and I see a big kid, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, that's just something that I've dealt with throughout my life. And one thing that I've realized throughout my journey, for instance, a couple of years ago, my mama, she, she was 265 and she was a big woman. And she, listen, I get my athleticism from my mama. I tell everybody all the time, she got thick legs and a booty. And it's a good thing. Cause I got them too. <laughs> and she was about 265. And, and I, for, I've told her for years and I've been talking to her about fitness and health. And 
finally I got her a trainer. I'm like, listen, dude, you know, mom, you're, I, this, I'm going to put it in the kind words. I was like, mom, you're large. Mm. Like you need to do something about this. So your grandbabies ain't going to be able to see you. I'm very blunt. I mean, I'm just a, a blunt person. And I like it. so she started on her, she started on her fitness journey and she's lost 120 pounds now, and, oh, good for you know, her. or 110, 10, 15 pounds. And we put other, we've helped other people, you know, we, we help our sports teams with this journey. So it's, it's just a, it's a strong passion because here's one thing that happens. What does the Bible say? First of all, this irritates me because the Bible says mind, it says spirit. And what else does it say? What body. comes in between those? Body. Body. You got one physical body. You get one. When you ruin this temple, when you ruin this body, you're gone. Mm. Okay? You ain't coming back on this earth. All right? So I don't get how we don't place a premium. We don't place a priority on our body. And so I want to help people do that. You can make healthy recipes. It, it, it's just like your walk in faith, too, man. It's about staying in between the lines, staying on the straight and narrow. And guess what happens? You will veer off the road. Mm. You will go by something and you will fail. Well, guess what? It's just like your walk. Drive the car back between the lines. It's not enough just to go, oh, I cheated. I'm done. I'm just going to cheat the rest of the day. Yeah. No, 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 yeah. no. You put, you put the car back between the roads, and you go a little bit longer without cheating. You push yourself to get better, and you strive to get better. It's not about making the perfect choice. It's about making the best choice you can. Sometimes you can just order a side of fruit as opposed to fries. It's a better choice than you use. If you plan ahead a lot of times, um, you can make take those decisions away. And there's So it's just healthy ways of getting people involved. Do, do, now, our foundation has been alive for a year. My my, my big plan down the road, if we can get financing and do things, is I want to be able to help, hold uh, big weight loss competitions. And I want to be able Ooh. to incentivize the heck out of it, man. I want to, I want to get corporate sponsorship and do $5,000, $10,000 at some of these big places and, and get people on board to do it and get people excited. Because you know what? Money motivates people. But guess hmm. what I get? When I get 30 people doing a weight loss competition, I get 30 people that feel better about themselves. I get 30 people that make themselves a better husband, a better father, a better uh, wife. I mean, everything about your life when you're healthy and you're energetic and you're vibrant, uh, everything about this life becomes better. So, you know, I compare it. There's a lot of parallels between faith and, and fitness. And, and uh, so I try to, you know, we're trying to incorporate them together with whole life health. You know, with our That's little good. emblem, you'll see a cross and it's whole life health. And it's just all encompassing, trying to help people, you know, be, be, become better than they are. And, and if they're great, then let's make them extra great. If they're good, <laughs> let's make them great. Man, well, I tell you what, it's I'm I'm encouraged and, and motivated just just listening to you today, and and just I'm so thankful that we've had this opportunity to uh, to hear your story and, and your passion, and and we love watching you on, on ESPN and of course College Game Day throughout the the fall, but but really cool just to to hear a little bit more uh, just about who you are and, and beyond the TV as well. But but man, great work, appreciate all you're doing. I guess my final question, uh, keeping up with you on on Twitter a little bit, David Pollock. Forty-seven. Uh, you've been watching the NBA playoffs. So, so who are you going with for the NBA Finals? It's easy to say the Warriors. Yep. And obviously, let's let's look at this. It went to seven games. Harrison Barnes out. Kevin Durant in. I mean, that's yeah. Yep. It doesn't take a rocket science, scientist to figure that out. But I just love watching LeBron. And mm. I, does he pout? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> he pouts. And I know people get upset with that, but just such an unselfish team. And I'm hoping the Cavs win. If I had to put money down, which I don't. Um, I would say that the that, that the Warriors would probably probably win, but I'm cheering for the Cavs. I hope they can find a way uh, to get it done. But I do. I love basketball. I play 
three or four days a week now. I go to the gym and shoot nice. three or four days a week as well. And it's something that, you know, another thing too about, you, talk, you talked about, you know, facing obstacles. And I think it's important wherever you can find an avenue in life to compete, yeah. compete. Find that outlet. For me, it's basketball. For me, I love to go strap on the shoes and play basketball and compete and give it everything I have. I think we all need to find those outlets that we can be competitive and push ourselves and try to make ourselves better and, and push ourselves further than we did maybe the last time we did. That's awesome. Great stuff. He's David Pollock. Really appreciate you being with us today and, and hope that we can do this again. Awesome. Thank you so much, brother. Have a good one. All right. You too. David Pollock. You can follow him on Twitter, David Pollock47, joining us here on Unpacking It. Are you fired up? What wasn't that great? I mean, what what a story. David Pollock. It, you know, you, you see these guys on TV, and you've maybe heard a little bit about his story over the years, but but to now look back so many years later that he still looks back at that moment in his life in such a positive way is is pretty incredible. And and just his faith and his energy and passion is is just awesome to hear and and so the, the one thing that I wanted to mention though as, as we wrap things up today and, and, and just kind of unpacking what we just listened to the conversation that he described that he had with his mom where she was asking him just about how he handles life and his situations and just the the, the joy and the the passion and excitement and all those things that that he represents she noticed that in her son and wondered, you know, what what's different about you? And he says, well, that that's God. And my challenge to us today is if we consider ourselves a follower of Jesus, then we just got to kind of take an inventory of how, how do other people view us? Would they see something different in us? Do they see passion, love, excitement? Are we that willing to be extremely transparent in our faith? The, the way that David, I mean, just just describes, you know, who he is and 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 his his passion for for God and Jesus, and and so we got to consider that in our own life. And and if you're listening today and you go, all right, I like David Pollock. I, I was curious to hear his story. He he is very excited about his faith, but I don't know in my own life. My challenge to you is you got to consider that there's something real. There's something real in David's life, and, and think about the people that maybe you know that, that really are following Jesus, and you can't deny the difference in their life, the, the, the transformation that has taken place with, with somebody who they used to be and who they are now because God is real, and he's, he's working in us and changing us as we surrender and, and just allow him to to work. And and so, uh, man, I, I'm encouraged, and, and I hope that, that, that you can just kind of think about that uh, today. And, and, and maybe maybe it is having a conversation with somebody uh, and, and on either side, whether it's somebody that's maybe seeking and wondering about Jesus and, and somebody who's, who's been following Jesus, but you know that, that, that guy who, who just needs to have that conversation. And you've got to explain why you are different and, and, and who you are because of Jesus. So David Pollack, our guest this week on Unpacking It. If you'll review on iTunes, leave a review, send me an email, let me know what you think about the show, share it on social media, 
Tell David you enjoyed hearing him on the show. Uh, that would all be helpful to us. You can support our ministry. Go to unpackingit.com. You can sign up for the email devotional. Keep in touch. We'll keep bringing these podcasts to you. And, uh, man, thanks for being with us. Have a wonderful Memorial Day weekend.